I have a question. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to say this indelicately. <laughs> no, I'm going to say this delicately, but it's an indelicate question. Never mind. <laughs> okay. No, that I can't I can't I can't put that on tape. This is Chapel Belker, a podcast about football and feelings. I'm Justin. I'm Nathan. And I'm Yara. And today we're going to be bringing you the preview for the Georgia Bulldogs' first tilt of the 2023 season against the venerable Skyhawks of UT Martin. We'll be doing our traditional preview format here where we do sort of a qualitative and then a more quantitative preview. Frankly, there's not a lot of quantitative stuff to talk about because this is an FCS game, but we do have some qualitative stuff. We have some excellent, I think, observations, and then we have some very good Ask CBC questions. And then we will end the day with uh, Justin's favorite new segment, which I cannot remember the name that we gave it in the last episode. Do y'all remember? I think so. Uh, my, my I wrote down Justin's me, porn corner. Justin's porn corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my I have been calling it in my head, who holds the leash? I think that is who my favorite. Holds the leash. Who holds the leash? Okay. Then we will finish up with who holds the leash. That way you can leave into your normal life with what everybody wants exiting a podcast, smut about mascots. <laughs> so we're going to start with our qualitative section. Uh, qualitative section, we generally speaking, we'll talk about the history of the teams. We'll talk about any news of the day inside and outside of the program that might be relevant to the game and then we'll usually do some kind of like dumb chuckle fuckery of various and sundry descriptions it's very important so, content. let's start it up justin what do we Nathan, got where the hell is ut martin i'm glad you asked because i did an uncomfortable amount of research about a small town in west tennessee <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> nathan had some free time so, today yeah, I did. And also, I feel like, you know, when you're playing an FCS team, because generally speaking, there is a kind of a foregone conclusion on the competitive side that it is it behooves me as a respectful member of the not media to try to find something interesting to say about these teams. So UT Martin is in Martin, Tennessee, which is pretty much due west of Nashville. It's in like the top left corner of the rectangle that is Tennessee. It's northeast of Memphis. Uh, it is actually the only public university in West Tennessee outside of Memphis, hmm. which makes me think that West Tennessee might be an education desert, which mm. sucks. Uh, but I'm glad that it's there. Public universities are very important to the fabric of our nation and what makes it great. Now, that was important, <laughs> but this is, I think, as important, which is that UT Martin at, goes by the acronym UTM, which is a good time to remind all of you at home that the University of Tennessee is actually technically the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. And in fact, mm. in some internal notations and signage at the University of Tennessee, they do refer to themselves as UTK. So I think that if you remind a all fan in your life that fact, that it will bring them great joy. And if you just insist on calling it <laughs> UTK as a sort of to honor the accuracy, you know, of the of the moniker. I think it was really important. But anyway, back to UT Martin. Notable alums. Uh, Trey Scott, uh, the defensive line coach at UGA, got his coaching start at UTM as a graduate assistant. Uh, Fred Thomas is an NFL 
cornerback who played for the Saints and the Seahawks for many years. Chris Hadfield is a pretty famous astronaut from Canada with a pretty ripping mustache. If you look up Chris Hadfield, you've all seen him before. Oh, yeah. Also, like, 10 current or... He does, yeah. 10 current or former members of the Tennessee Congress and House. Not all Republicans, actually, interestingly enough. And then the president and CDO of AutoZone all went to UTM. Now, currently on the football field, UTM is an FCS team in the Ohio Valley Conference. They were co-champions last year, and they actually got to the second round of the FCF playoffs in 2021. I would characterize them as a good but not dominant FCS team. This is not North Dakota State. This is even one of the non-state Dakota schools. But they have (laughs) played some pretty good FCS football over the past few years. Mascot stuff, because that's really what I care about. Uh, Their mascot. (laughs) Until 1995. (laughs) Yeah, their mascot. Now let's talk about real college football. The mascots. So (laughs) the mascot for all UT Martin athletics was originally the Pacers, as in like the horse. Like Like, like a Pacer. It was changed in 1995 to the Skyhawks for several reasons. First of all, the first educational institution on the site of UT Martin was called Hall Moody Bible Institute. Hell yeah. And the yeah. school's athletic team. Yeah. And the school's athletic teams were called the Sky Pilots. Now, Sky Pilot was actually a term in like the late 1800s for a uh, roving, what was called a circuit preacher, which is a very common way for Christian churches to operate, Protestant Christian churches at the time, where you would have a single, and in particular Methodist, but this wasn't a Methodist school. It doesn't matter. But you would have a single <laughs> preacher who rotated between several different churches and congregations in a circuit. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they would call them sky pilots, not in terms of like vroom vroom airplane, but in terms of like the term you would use for, for like someone who steers a ship into a harbor was a pilot. So it was like they were piloting you into heaven. But uh, also, yeah. Uh, so sky as in sky daddy, they, like God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They took this, when they named them the Skyhawks, they took that Sky Pilot name um, and sort of mis, I don't know, misapplied it. However, <laughs> the school's athletic teams were also, maybe this is also named, they were thinking of the, like the flying aces of World War One, because during World War One and Two, UT Junior College, which was part of the UT system, contracted with the Naval War Training Service to help train pilots. And they actually completed their flight training at an airport located at Westview High School in Martin. So also it's a reference to the sort of aviator past of the of the school. Uh, their suited mascot is called Captain Skyhawk. And I have provided some pictures. I love Captain Skyhawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think that their logos are pretty dope. Uh, Captain Skyhawk has goggles on. I don't think that a bird of prey would need goggles. Although this <laughs> version of a hawk does have his his eyes on the front and sort of a predatory mammalian species style, which is not actually how raptors generally have their eyes. Mm -hmm. So maybe he would need goggles, but I I have a very fetching picture of him in a bomber jacket, which I think is very very nice. He also, he also looks quite happy. And I like that. Whereas like if the Clemson tiger is definitely on meth, you know, this (laughs) is more just like a mascot that takes his anti-anxiety meds. He's like a normal happy. And I, and I respect that about him. You yeah. know what I mean? I like I like Captain Skyhawk. I also like that his name is like Captain Human, basically. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I was wondering what a Skyhawk is and how it's different from a Hawk Hawk. It's not apparently another like reason that they're named the Skyhawks is that the real te- the red tail hawk are indigenous to the West Tennessee region and also Georgia, by the way. Also, oh. a little known fact: Ooh. usually the if you on a movie hear a 
sound effect for a bald eagle, it's almost always not a bald eagle because they sound like a dying seagull. It is actually usually a hawk's cry, which sounds like what you think a bald eagle sounds like. Good to know. Anyway, but my actual current bio, you know, biological theory is that skyhawks are kind of like, they're like the, the sky version of sharks where if they land, they die. They have to be like sharks in the air, always moving, or they touch the ground and they just die. Anyway, so that's UT Martin in a nutshell. That's it's also a beautiful country. West Tennessee is a, is a gorgeous place. I, I really do love Tennessee. Uh, most of it. Most of it. Anyway. Other than the one most. that won't be named. Yeah. <laughs> I um, feel like I'm looking at this mascot, right? And I feel like if this were like... If I were to go to a bar with all of the mascots ever, this, like the Skyhawk specifically, would be the one hyping me up in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> I would just get such Im- like impeccably good vibes from this mascot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think of of mascots in general, the Skyhawk is one of the few that I would let hold my drink. Yes, exactly. Something about that bomber jacket. Well, it's, you know, everybody, every, he's served this country, but he's not in, like, the military-industrial complex. He's, yeah. you know, he, he's, he wasn't there for the war. He was there for the freedom of the skies, obviously. And he put his life on the line in a very real way because his pla- the plane was his body, you know? He served his country, and now he's serving cunt, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that, okay. He's serving yeah. cloaca, actually. <laughs> Yeah. It's a bird thing. Hey, sometimes you gotta pee and poop out of the same thing that you make love with. Like let's not let's not kink shame this. Birds don't what? make love. Bird. What? They're not even. That's real, how, that's so how that. birds do it, dog. Oh. Oh, Yara don't know about cloaca. <laughs> yeah. Yara all don't know about the, cloaca. All of the, what all the fuck of the is a cloaca? It's a thing oh. that all of the excretions come out of of a bird. It's the most It's like a one stop shop for Yeah. It's a one stop. Yeah, let me just baby. look up a let's let, let me just look up bird cloaca for you. No, so you can, no, do not no, Google cloaca. So get the We're whole. moving on. We're moving on right now. <laughs> do I don't not. want to know what a cloaca. Your is. poor FBI agent is like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Just for the record, my my FBI agent like resigned in disgrace years ago. <laughs> He's retired early. He was he was he was forced to retire for mental health reasons. All right, let's let's move on. I have some football questions for y'all. <laughs> okay what are i want to i want to ask both of you what are some general feelings you know we've had a couple episodes now um with all sorts of folks we've talked about stats we talked about football we've talked about love island but what are our general feelings right now as we are just a few days away from the first game our general feelings about this game has it set in yet is it surreal what have you done to prepare like what are what's what are you doing going into this one um I mean, I was, okay, so today as I was walking to class, I was at the Tate bus stop and across from me, like, I don't know if y'all know this, but UGA has kind of recently implemented this thing where, Mm -hmm. and I promise this is relevant. Um, It's basically like a glorified Uber for the football players, right? And it just like showed up out of, it's like a big black van. It's kind of scary. And it's just branded very like minimalistically, right? I don't know if that's true. It's just UGA Athletic Association in menacing font. Like it's just (laughs) ominous. It just spawned. And then two football players also spawned. I'm not about to dox them because like today I just learned about FERPA and I'm really scared of it now. So I don't know if that like exists in this space. 
But Do you think anyone in the history of the world has ever learned about bird cloacas and FERPA on the same day? <laughs> You're witnessing history here. This is and it, I folks. learned about yeah, and I learned about how kinks can be. Oh my god, I'm about to educate the people. How kinks can be passed down genetically. Shout out Nathan yeah. for educating me on that. And now y'all are all forced You're to welcome. learn. But I saw two football players get into this like massive van and then they just despawned like the van just left and that's Mm. when it kind of hit me that like oh shit football is like real and it's happening in a few days (laughs) and i also got my football yeah i also got my football tickets like today so shout out that but i think it's hit me today and i'm really really excited for a lack of better words you know it's my last season here um i'm excited to be a student again or student at football game again and a student at football game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Good. really excited. I, I feel panic and uh, gnashing of teeth. You know, uh-huh. I always feel that before the first game because I, you know, the Redcoats. It's all sort of. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to come together until it comes together, and that's just sort of how marching band works. Yeah. And. And I spend so much time being critical of it that I know that it's better than I think it is. But in my head, I just all I can think about is like misstep offs and stuff, you know, yeah. and staying in tune and balance and stuff. But I, I, I'm very excited. I feel pretty hyped up because for the first time in a few years that uh, Samantha is going to be able to come to some of the games. And so she's going to be at the game with a credential. And so I have been doing a lot of like I, you know, full disclosure in the past, I haven't been a very good game husband, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do a very good job of making the... Accommodating my wife uh, when she came to the games. So I've been doing a lot of, like, logistical prep. And, like, I'm, I, like, scribbled on some maps and stuff on my smart board today. Like, took screenshots of Google Earth and, like, drew maps on... Drew on maps. And uh, I bought her some good... Well, she bought it herself but we got her some good musicians earplugs like low pass filter earplugs uh so i feel i feel pretty ready there is a certain amount of the schedule thing is hard to get past like it's not that i'm not excited to see everyone and have the experience there just aren't a lot of good home games this year and that doesn't make me any less enthusiastic for us to want to win every game but it is sort of just like i love the day before a home game where we could lose and maybe that's just because I sort of the adolescence of my college football fandom was in a real neglectful environment. But I just like really thrive on that toxicity of like the day before a game where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to fight. You know, what I mean? this could be bad. And well, yeah, I, well, it's not even that. It's just like I'm, I'm fully locked in. Like I, I'm not a very superstitious person, but I do I do feel like that my level of like preparation and like oneness with the universe and like how like in the zone I am at a football game matters for some reason. So like last year at the Tennessee game, I was like, I was fully in UGA Tennessee game mode from like Monday to like Saturday night. You know what I mean? I was just like, so locked in all of my energy in the universe, like going out into the universe was like pointing in that direction. And you know, when you're playing UT Martin, I feel less need to do that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the boys can probably take care of this one on their own. <laughs> they don't need my like psychic, Help. They don't need your you know spirit bomb. Yeah, they yeah they don't need my Dragon Ball Z like dance to like <laughs> the merge or whatever. Me, uh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. 
I like I like when when Yara gets a cultural reference. It's like th- there is like a time is the flat cir- a time is a flat circle element to it because it's like Yara reacts to understanding our cultural reference references the same way my grandmother did when she knew like what Star Wars was or something. Like yeah. I've seen that. I took you to that when you were a kid. I understand like, that reference, yeah, Grammy. Yeah, very yes, very very Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how are you feeling, Justin? I'm feeling good about it. I mean, it's it's fun. It's one of those. This one really snuck up on me. I will say, like, I was not expecting football season, and then all of a sudden it was here. Um, and football season comes in many forms. It comes in the form of you know uh, traffic being the worst it's ever been, which I will genuinely say I do think traffic is the worst it's ever been in Athens in the 12 years I've been here. Um, but past that, it's like it comes in the form of Nathan saying, hey, we should put an episode together. I'm like, no, Nathan, it's still the summertime. But really, it's what was it like August 21st? It's like, oh, it's much later in the year than I thought it was. It comes in the form of, you know, trying to make plans around the weekend and making sure that you can get the things you need before the weekend comes upon us. But um, more than anything, it comes with, you know, uh, it comes with memories and 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 football fun and just sort of like the adventure that is wading into the football chaos that is athens when football season does finally arrive i feel like it's one of those things that we can all finally agree on you know in a world where everything is a mess and we don't agree on anything it is the one thing we can all agree on for a little while and i do appreciate that that is my favorite part of football season but we are here it's yeah it is it, I this is the time of year where I'm also where I'm always most I can I can most empathize with people who don't consume the games that I the way that I do you know what I mean and not even empathize with just like I I think that my game day experience is just like very different than most people's and so when I hear people talk about like traffic and stuff like I usually don't have bad traffic on game days because I get there like six hours before the no like eight hours before the game starts right and like. I usually don't have to deal with downtown being crowded because I go straight from my car to practice to the game and then back to my car. So it is it is also it is always just sort of like fun to think about how different everyone's experience is. It's it's very like Ron, it's very like uh shifted experience modernist, you know, realist uh writing sometimes. Anyway, so let's talk about everyone's least favorite season when it comes to football. The injury era, the injury season. I think we're, that's probably our biggest, era, baby. Yeah, our biggest news notes. This is our injury era Taylor's version right now. <laughs> uh, and so, loss of the lucky went down and had something called tightrope surgery for his ankle, which apparently what? makes ankle sprains heal faster. And I know that it's probably called tightrope surgery because it's like a surgery that people on tightropes have to get. But I like to think that it's just a surgery that's done while you're on a tightrope. <laughs> You're just sort of like slung Someone up there like Bernie's. Yeah, you're like weekend with Bernie slung up on a tightrope while you're knocked out and then they do the surgery. But that actually cuts us down to three scholarship tight ends right now uh, with Brock Bowers, Oscar Delp, and Pierce Berlin. I think that it that does and it doesn't matter. Like every injury matters and in, injuries are cumulative. And I think they're also compounding where one might not matter, but two matters far more than one does. And it's more than twice as much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that it will affect the way that we game plan in the absence of that fourth tight end, just because we're going to want lower usage and it's going to change some things, I think, schematically. In particular, I think we're going to see a lot more 11 tight end formation just to save reps. 
Makes I think sense. the more concerning injuries, uh, the more concerning injury thing for me is that Branson Robinson is out for the season with a knee injury, which is a bummer. Really uh, he'll bad. have to be like rocked up in his heart in our hearts for the rest of the year. Like, I, I don't was know. It, it was uh, like, thick. <sighs> he was rocked. No, up. I think it was rocked up. It was it rocked was up for rocked sure up. that we said about him. But it was thick too. I thought. I don't know. Definitely rocked up. That man is rock, thick bodied, rocked up. I think that's probably what it was. Anyway. Um, that's you just described Branson Robinson the way a horrible misogynist would describe a woman. <laughs> yeah, I was positive that's what they called him. <laughs> no, I I called you. him that. No, yeah. not not us. Number I'm tw- saying like that was in his recruiting thing. Yeah, no, I think rocked up was on his 24 seven profile. Thick body so, rocked up, baby. I, yeah, it's like Branson Robinson, number twenty two on the field, rocked up in our hearts. You know, Uh, he really is physically a very a Nick Chubb type, which we love to see. And it sucks that he's out. Now, we do still have some. Obviously, we still have many scholarship running backs, but he was probably the most experienced and most reliable person we had on the depth chart, I think, because behind them, we have Kendall Milton, who is a very talented player who has had injury problems his whole career and is actually coming off a handstring problem. And I think he was described by Kirby Smart as 80 to 90 percent. We also have Dejon Edwards, who was an undersized, low-recruited player who is playing way above his recruiting uh, profile and has been very good. You know, I don't know if he is like a every-down back the way that Branson Robinson is like a hand-the-ball 30 times to this guy, and he's fine back. Andrew Paul is a sophomore who we heard a lot of buzz about last year before he also went down with an injury. I guess he's a redshirt freshman because he got injured. And then we have Roderick Robinson, who is a freshman, but a very highly recruited one, and Cash Jones, who is the human victory cigar. So, <laughs> again... The newest. In a long there, line there's of a balance. victory cigars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually think he might be one of the more talented ones. He, he he really tests well, actually. Like, he, he's... Even the victory cigar is actually a very good player. Uh-huh. But I, I think, you know, there's a balance to strike with pre- when you have a rash of injuries like this in the preseason where... I don't think it's appropriate as a fan to freak out about it, but I simultaneously don't think that it's something that you can ignore. Georgia has, I think, the second most talented team in the country per the 24-7 sports composite rating this year. And certainly that reflects a, a level of depth that basically no one else other ha- has other than one other team, right? And so this this team is suited in a way that 130 teams are not to take injuries. But at the same time, each injury, even down the depth chart, has a cumulative effect because it compounds the importance of whatever the next injury is. So before, you know, Branson Robinson went down with a knee injury, it didn't really matter whether or not Andrew Paul got injured again. I mean, it did obviously to him, and it mattered in sort of a very personal way and and maybe a peripheral way to the team, but it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But now an injury to Andrew Paul or Kendall Milton is suddenly a much bigger deal because of the previous injuries, right? And so I I think it's something to keep an eye on. You know, I think that Ross Rutledge, when we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, said that the average margin of victory that CBCR2 predicts this year is 27 points. So I think that without one running back, even the starting running back, that you you can win a lot of games on a schedule where your average margin of victory is 27 points. But... It is something that makes the margins important, right? Because 
you know, suddenly maybe you're winning by 24 points instead of 27. And that doesn't matter until you have a really bad day. And suddenly you're winning by seven points instead of 10. And then things like that kind of tend to roll downhill. And I'm not, I'm not doomsaying, but I'm saying, I don't think we can dismiss, dismiss it, but I also don't think that we should be in like vintage months and sort of thought process right now. That's actually a, a fun little segue because I think that does segue into another question we have. There was a game last year, um, Yara, you may remember as well, the Kent State game. Were you? What was your experience mm. with the Kent State game last year? Fascinating is my favorite <laughs> word that will come to mind. Fascinating. So y'all may remember those that are listening at home or wherever you do listen to your, your favorite pod chats. Um, the Kent State game was confusing. It was a mess. Um, some have said it was chaotic. But what we learned from all sorts of folks um, online and through the Podchat airwaves that it seemed like it may have been more intentional than we perceived it to be. Um, those of us that were watching thought maybe this was uh, like a regression, but it turns out that it wasn't so much a regression as it was sort of like a scrimmage almost. And I don't see that to be degrading by any means, but... Um, why I say all this is because I want to ask you, Nathan, what might indicate that the potential chaos that we perceive this weekend, um, if it were to go in the same direction as a Kent State game, um, would indicate that it's intentional, similar to that Kent State game, if that makes sense? Well, I, I don't think there's any way that it would be intentional. But I mean, I guess what you would you would you would look for for stuff like that would be your anything that indicated that we were playing conservatively on offense, which I doubt we would do. But I do also want to, I, I want to caution everyone when we compare those games, not that it's not important to think about that, but currently if you look at Sagarin's ratings, Kent state is quite a bit worse this year than they were last year, but currently uh, Sagarin, Jeff Sagarin has them rated as the 141st team and they had, and, Jeff Sagarin has UT Martin rated as the 182nd and Kent state was significantly better than that last year. These two teams are not the same, right? Like I, if we see chaos out there and it's a closer game than we expect, you should be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is a good segue into our actual quantitative segment because this should be a, I, this should be a scrimmage. Yeah. You should be able to name the score and then get out of there. Now, if it's not, I think that is an indicator that there are bigger problems afoot than we had previously thought. But the talent margin between these two teams is so vast that you have to go to like specific websites and look at specific metrics to even <laughs> compare them. To even you know pull what I'm saying? a narrative like CB... from these stats, yeah. Yeah, CBCR2, we don't track FCS teams. So like, I can't give you a comparison. Sagarin does track FCS teams, but they have us they have us 141 spots above UT Martin. Now I'm not I don't I'm not predicting doom. I think we're gonna beat this team by 40 points or whatever score we want to. I'm just saying like if it looks bad out there, like I guess a certain amount of it you could say like, oh well this is just first this is first week blues or whatever. But if it looks bad for four qu quarters, like that's an issue. It's just bad. Right? Somebody <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's like I I'm really not trying to talk crap when I say this. Like, that that's horrible. Like, don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. That that should not happen. We should we should name the score. I think that I think the over or the spread right now is 34 points. I would take Georgia in the 34 points 
like easily. Oh baby! And if that doesn't happen, I mean, like things are going to happen. It's the first week. Kirby Smart's going to get real pissy about something. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. But if it's if it's like Kent State close where they score twenty two points and we win, but it's only by like fourteen points, yeah, you should be freaking out. Yeah. I also think before we do get into quantitative, there's one last question that's kind of qualitative for you both. Um, if I remember correctly, looking at the schedule, this might be our only night game, at least scheduled so far at home. Uh, how mm-hmm. do we feel about that? And how are you going to make the most of your only night game against UT Martin this year? Hold on, I'm going to respond to that, but I do want to just point out that in the 2417 composite, currently right now, uh, UGA is number two. Mm-hmm. And Ken and UT Martin is 133rd. Okay. These teams are not the same. Different teams. All right. How how are you preparing? We are going to get light up Sanford in the dark. So Yara, go. Let's go. Okay. Um, approximate rundown, just like summarized. I live well. One, I don't have a car on campus, so like no traffic. Let's go. I'm probably going to walk <laughs> over to Myers, like four or five, run some. Run some tailgates, meet some alum, drink some beverages, and beverages. then just go feral. I'm bringing my best friend since high school. Um, I'm not sure a few times. I'm bringing Kaylee over. We're going to go to all... We got the same ticket package, so we're going to go to all of the same games together. And this is the first game that we get to go to together in like the four years we've been here, which is crazy. But I'm just really, really excited to go with her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's my dog, you know? And... She's not like a huge, necessarily like a humongous football person, but I've gotten her into football because of like, one, this podcast, which she listens to. Hi, Kaylee. And two, yeah. And two, like, just like talking about it so much that she got into it. I don't know. Peer pressure type beat. So (laughs) I'm just really excited to spend that time with her and to hang out, especially at a night game, which, you know, we didn't fucking get at all last year, which is insane. I'm just... Even though it's against an FCS team, I am grateful for what we got. And yeah. what we got is a night game. And it's going to be nice, and we're going to have Light of Sanford. And it's just going to be awesome, man. I'm excited. It won't be as hot as it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, did you know the last time we had a night game at Sanford? Mm-mm. It was 2019 uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. Bro, that when was before I graduated high school. That's a hell what of a game. Fuck? It was a hell of a game. It was also the last game that my wife went to. So, it's kind of full circle. It is full oh, circle. Wow. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, welcome back, Samantha. All right. Let's talk about numbers, though, you know? Let's do it. So Yeah, I would love to. As you've said, Nathan, we're going to win this game. You think we'll probably cover the spread. It's a 34-point spread, which is a lot of points. And I remember since we've been doing this show, there was a time in UGA history where we did not cover those types of spreads, or it was at least questionable. Like, we did not treat FCS teams like FCS teams for whatever reason. And it was, like, I am still, I'll say, I still have sort of like a uh, sort of like a recoil looking at a 34-point spread, especially after you said, we're going to do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, and I believe you. But it's still there's still a part of me that that has a hard time believing you. I will say, um, but give us some I guess whatever numbers you have you've scraped from the tubes of the internet to to sort of support that argument if you could. Well, I don't have a lot of numbers because yep. there isn't a lot of 
like available data about UT Martin. I can give you sort of the basic spread of like sort of where they are as a team, I mm-hmm. suppose, and give you some names that you, I guess, might want to know. Yeah. But I can't really give you the detailed stats breakdown because those stats just don't exist because a lot of FCS games don't have day-by-day tracking or game-by-game, like play-by-play tracking. So last year they went 7-4. and four. They were 5-0 and oh in the Ohio Valley. They, you know, some notable sort of comparative teams that you might want to think about. Last year they lost to Boise State 30 to 7. They lost to Tennessee 65 to 24. They lost to Kennesaw State 44 to 27. Just to sort of like get you in the range of what you should be thinking about. They are a I would say probably your sort of prototypical uh like spread-ish team. I mean, I I couldn't really find a lot of information about their about their scheme because, again, there's not a lot of available data. I would say that just on talent alone, and look, obviously, Michigan App State happens, but App State was a national championship winning FCS school, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team that I don't believe went to the FCF playoffs last year. So, like, that's I'm just trying to give you, like, a to range you in, right? There are FCF teams that I would not want to play against in, in Sanford, but this is not one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the main reason I think we'll cover probably has more to do with sort of personnel and narrative than it does, you know, numbers. I think that we're bringing in a new quarterback and we're bringing a new coordinator. It's not that they have like something to prove, but they are going to be like working things out. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, one important thing to look at is that this this is a team that I think I would predict has more um, is going to have more of a tendency to air it out than they have in the past, even mainly because, A, you have a quarterback with a really strong arm in Carson Beck and B, this this team has forty two hundred returning yards in the wide receiving core. Hell yeah. So why wouldn't you, right? Especially when you include transfers like Dominic Levitt and Rob Thomas, as well as Brock Bowers, Ladd McConkey. This is a team that should be chucking the ball over all over the place. And if you're playing FCS cornerbacks and you're chucking the ball over places, Georgia, you should score a lot of big touchdowns. Oh, yeah. You know, I think this is going to be a glorified scrimmage. Doesn't mean nobody's trying. Doesn't mean that the UT Martin players aren't going to show up uh, by the way they are their head coach is jason simpson and like okay let me put it this way this is the kind this is the different kind uh this is the difference between uga and ut martin and and i say this is no shade to martin if you go on ut ut martin's athletic page right now and you look up their coaches their actual school private emails are on their athletics page oh wow like <laughs> you could go email them don't because that's beneath you whoever's listening to this, but Aww. you could, you know what I'm saying? Like these are two different, this is a, just a different kind of athletics uh, association. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't hold it against them, but it's like, these are just two different teams <laughs> and this is a paycheck game. Now, if you work off of the premise that this is a game that UGA should win going away comfortably, then I think the better, the better question is not how is the game going to go? It's sort of what can we learn what can we gain from this as a team? And then what can us as fans start to learn? Yeah. Right. I think that's, those are the better questions. 
I think a, a good question with that in mind, like a sort of an addendum question is, um, and y'all may have talked about this in the episode that I wasn't able to be on. Uh, what changes can we expect from the coordinator changes at Georgia, if any at all? What do we kind of expect to happen? And, it, you know, is there anything that's going to change that might be concerning in any way? I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned. Okay, so like Mike Bobo, our our beautiful boy, Mike, Mike yeah, Bobo. We know what to expect with Bobo. Yeah, we so we do. I mean, do you want me to like just briefly go over his background, I guess? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a show that, you know, we want to make sure that even the, the, the freshest of football fans have an idea of what to look for. Okay. So Bobo plays at Georgia. He is, I believe, older than Kirby Smart. I they're think. around the same age. I think he. Yeah, they're around the same they're age. They're within he's, four he's years. He's slightly older. Yeah. So he plays at Georgia. He GAs at Georgia for one year. He goes to Jacksonville State for a year. Comes back to Georgia. He's the QB coach from 2001 to 2006. 2007 to 2014, he's the offensive coordinator. He leaves and takes the Colorado State head job. He gets fired there after four years. Then he is the offensive uh, coordinator at South Carolina under Muschamp uh, for his last year until Muschamp gets fired. And then he's the OC, uh, the interim head coach there. He then becomes the Auburn offensive coordinator for a year. Then he leaves there and comes to Georgia in 2022 as an offensive analyst. Now, he is his background is basically he is in the Mike the Mark Richt tree. Mike Richt, mm-hmm. wow, Mike Richt. That's like Mark. Mike Richt is like Mark Richt if he didn't have integrity. Anyway, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just made that up. Uh, so Mike Bobo comes from the Mark Richt tree. Here's the thing that people don't think about when they think about Mike Bobo. There is the whole sort of meme, and Yara, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole run the damn ball, Bobo. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know okay. that one. <laughs> Good. So the the meme came from when in his later years at Georgia, before he left, Bobo would try to throw his way out of trouble. And we didn't have the playmakers often to win, to win in that way. And then on top of that, this is a time in college football where you didn't throw quite as much as you do now. But sort of what that meme implies, but what people forget is that, like, the Mark Richt tree is at its base, like, fucking grip it and rip it, dog. It is like, throw the ball deep, run as many plays as you can. Now, I don't think that Mike Bobo is going to do that. But he came up under a guy in Mark Richt who, when Mark Richt is at Florida State, he kind of comes off of the Bobby Bowden tree. And at Florida State, he just ran as many places as he could. I mean, it wasn't quite like Oregon blur fast, but it was real fast. He chucked the ball down the field. He likes these like deep cross plays. He likes these like, like his, he runs four verts, or at least he did. He ran four verts a lot, which is just like four wide receivers haul ass down the field. You throw it to one of them, right? And so this is a guy who's, who's like general MO in the past has been like, fuck it, send it, you know? He loves the screen game. He he loves the screen game. We'll see a lot of screens. This guy also really likes a more traditional style of play action. Now, it'll be interesting to see how that's evolved because there just isn't as much play action in football right now. A lot of play action comes off of like run action fakes now where you don't have a hard play action, but you basically fake it to the quarterback on like an option or even a fake read option every play, or at least a lot of the plays. So... I think we might see a little bit more hard play action. I think that we're going to see 
a little bit less 12 personnel, but I think that'll be less, that'll be more injury dictated than, than his inability to use 12 personnel. And I think we're going to throw the ball, not just because that's what makes sense. And I think Mike Bobo is smart enough to throw, to get the ball in the hands of his best players, but also just because it's easy to forget this, but Mike Bobo's background is like, we are going to throw the ball for like 500 yards and score 50 points. Damn. So that's exciting. That's also why I think we're going to cover the spread. Yeah. That's fair. Good for him. I'll let him. I'll let Mike Bobo cook. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. for him. <laughs> Mike Bobo looks like everybody's favorite pop pop. <laughs> like Mike Bo- Mike Bobo looks like the guy that all of his grandkids call pop pop. He has these cute little glasses that are like separated. If you like look at him, one of his media appearances from UGA this year, he has the little glasses that like like come apart at the nose and they hang on either side of his neck or whatever. I think he's adorable. I don't know if I'm legally allowed to call him Pop Pop. He's younger than my dad. Is that allowed? It is illegal. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Uh, He has the beard of like a much older man. You know what I'm saying? Bobo is also the name you could call a Pop Pop. Like instead of Pop Pop. That's my Bobo. That's my Bobo. That's my Bobo, Mike Bobo. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm your Bobo, Mike Bobo, running for Republican state senator. It's giving, um, it's giving like Jewish grandpa. Like, <laughs> if you've got a Bobo, I will say the the like glasses that disconnect at the center. That get, to me that reads like Ju- oh wise God. Jewish grandpa from like a movie that teaches you chess in the in Central Park. I do like that. And you learn life lessons. I just yeah. I just need to say this out loud and then we can move on. But Bubby and Bobo is just right. Like it is. It's perfect. My Bubby and my Bobo. <laughs> and Are I you that. thrown off by the fact that Bubby is also a word for boobs? What? No. Yes. Maybe in, in your family. What? You guys in have so link? many words for boobs. No, this is not a pibby thing that I made up. <laughs> Bubbies. Is it in a language? Bubby. No. Is well, it I just don't English? I yes, I oh, swear wow. I've heard it used before. Nathan's colonizing the word bubby and using it for <laughs> no, boobs. No, I'm not colonizing the word bubby. If I wanted to use a different word for boob, I would use the one that I coined. <laughs> I'm really scared to ask this question. What is Go the ahead. word that you have coined for boo? Oh, have Nathan, you not heard tell this the bit of, story. of Nathan Lore? Yeah, this is a new Nathan Lore coming in. When I was a little kid, like five, I was incredibly loquacious. I talked a lot. I read a lot. That's all I did was I talk and I read. What's different? Not much, really. <laughs> I don't poop my pants as much. Anyway. As much. Not a, I mean, I'm not going to promise never. Like, come on, I'm a man. I'm only human. Anyway. So I was really into making up words. I thought it was funny to make up words for stuff. So I called yes. the remote the Higgin mode. And I, okay. I called I called guitars Higgintars. I thought, that was, I thought that was hilarious. And I also called boobs Pibbies. Like Mr. Pib? Yeah. Yes, but P P I B B I E S pibbies. Them's pibbies. I can't get behind it. Wait, no, because you're you're simmering. You're cooking a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. can see it. I Definitely think I think 
my theory is that Pibbies is in my head, Pibbies is like an affectionate thing that a grandmother says. I don't know if you guys have grand. Uh, I don't know if you guys have grandmothers. Anyway, if you've ever had an older woman in your life make jokes about how her boobs have gotten longer, uh-huh. this is a really f- a thing that my grandmother liked to do, where she would be like, "I took my bra off and I stubbed my toe on my nipple or whatever." <laughs> like that to me, that's Pibbies. It's like it's she's like, "Oh, my Pibby came out of its holster and now it knocked me in the knee." Like that's how I think out. of it. That's the usage context. I think. Drop them yeah. out. Let me see them pibbies. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it rolls off the, the tongue really nicely. <laughs> Let me see them pibbies. Okay, we have to move on. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to our favorite, uh, our, our maybe our second favorite now segment of the show, just saying this selfishly. But this is our Ask CBC segment. If you want to have your questions answered on the show here, live for everyone to hear, uh, you can either join us on our Patreon for just $1 a month or... You can just sort of, uh, I think Nathan actually said you can put a little piece of paper with your question into his pocket, into his steamed, fresh, pleated khakis um, while yeah. he is standing but by you the have to whisk, truck. You have to lean forward and put it into my pocket and say, Memento Mori. <laughs> and then it can have Ask CBC on one side, but the other side has to be some cryptic message about like the red crow flies at night That's and correct. on the full moon, the reckoning will come. So do I'm that. on this podcast. I can I can like say this to you, but I'm full on going to do that now. Like I'm just going to slip Good. the pocket, in, or I'm going to slip it in your pocket with no context. None. Just yeah. memento mori and on my way. Memento mori, baby. Good. First one comes from LC Pat. What are the what are the shows this season? They're referring referring so, to the uh, the red coach the red coach shows. Yeah. So for the first time in as long as we can remember, as long as we can find in the history of UGA, there we have four back to back home games. And so generally speaking, the way the Red Coat shows are planned is that you only play the show once to one side of the stadium. But that usually only works because you never have more than two home games in a row. And if you Not do, true. you can just like rotate the show out. So <laughs> what we're doing this year is our first show is going to be like a progressive dinner show where the, sh- the show spells champs. And we're going to do three letters at a time, like C-H-A, H-A-M, A-M-P, M-P-S. So it's like the first three are like Crown Imperial, and then the new Top Gun theme, which was by Hans Zimmer for H. And then A is going to be Atlanta Rhythm Section's uh, Doraville. And then it just goes from there. And then M is Mars and Malaguena. And then what is P? I can't remember what P is, but then S is Steely Dan. And so like Every week, it'll be like a different three tunes, but two of them will be the same all the way through. So we're playing Crown Imperial, which is like a pretty famous, not classical, I think romantic song. But and then we're playing the Top Gun theme and then we're playing Doraville by Atlanta Rhythm Section. That's cool. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. Second question from LC Pat. Rank our most hated opponents on a scale of bottom shelf party liquors, where the worst one is Kentucky Gold and moves up from there. Guys, guys, what is Kentucky Gold? I'm, I got you. I got you. Ken- I got you. Okay, I'll tell you. Kentucky Gold is the only whiskey you've ever tasted. Yeah, because when probably, you said yeah. that whiskey was bad and you'd only ever taken shots from a well, it, it's, it's like the it worst Kentucky whiskey Gold. in the world. Oh. It's not real whiskey. Okay. Okay, so I've had fake whiskey. Oh, for sure. Yes. Sen- You've had like whiskey flavor. Okay, so I've, I've thought about this because we have this question for a while. 
Florida is definitely Popov's vodka. It's just <laughs> trash and regret. Spell Papa? What'd you say? P O P O V. Okay, Popov's vodka. vodka. Or also, if you've, uh, or Mr. Boston is an alternate. Oh yeah, I remember Mr. Boston. What are okay. you guys drinking? This what is these are like drinking. Me. I can't believe I'm about to reveal this publicly, but there was a time <laughs> in my life uh-huh. where I did sort of have like a business account arrangement with East Village Liquor Store. Okay. Wow. So like when we were prepping for the Sousa parties, I would like put in an invoice order. You had like a line of credit. Yeah. And they <laughs> knew that we were good for it because we were taking cash at the door every year. That's incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I, I know a lot about bottom shelf liquors because of that. That's oh. awesome. Hold on. This is a good question, though. Yara, do you know what do you know about like the like what are you guys buying? Like when you go out and you're like, I only got 20 bucks to my name. Like what are what are the people buying these days? What are the brand names? Do you have any? Um, okay, so I have some rules when I step into a liquor store because I don't like drinking cheap stuff. I'm a mm-hmm. bougie girl. I'm a material girl. So rule <laughs> number one there. is, yeah, exactly. You get it. So mm-hmm. rule number one is, in general, I will try to buy stuff that I have had before and I won't like necessarily try to stray from stuff if it's more affordable. Because, Uh in my opinion, like, when you go to a liquor store and something is a little bit more expensive than, like, bottom shelf stuff, you are buying it because of the quality and because Mm -hmm, of, like, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that it tastes good. So I will save up a little more money and I'll put some more money aside so I can get some stuff that won't fucking kill me, you know? Like, I I have maybe woken up with a hangover twice in my life. And I, Mm. yeah, oh, I'm built fortunate. Nobody in my family has drank before me, so I don't know how I got these genes. But, like, I'm built fortunate. Maybe it's, like, ancestral liver liver memory. Like, anytime you drink, the livers of, like, 20 undrunk, like, generations behind you are also absorbing the alcohol out of your system. Oh, it's like, Ooh, it's like the like Avatar. Spiritual. Like, they're all linear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're av- you go into your Avatar state, <laughs> and your ancient Muslim ancestors absorb <laughs> the poison out of you. Honestly, that's probably what happens. That's that's totally fair. Yeah. Sometimes I forget how to speak English when I'm drunk, so that makes sense. But, like... <laughs> I'm so You're... serious. Y'all know English isn't my first language. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think in Arabic. So, like, I just forget how to speak English sometimes. It's super that's, fun. That's I've cool. taught a lot of my friends basic Arabic sentences so they can like, help. I, I have a question. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this indelicately. Okay. No, I'm going to say this delicately, but it's an indelicate question. Never mind. <laughs> okay. No, that, I can't. I can't. I can't put that on tape. I need you to think about. I need that you to think about the thing. <laughs> I think I need you to think about the things I've said in public, and then think about what it would take for me to go. No, we don't want that one recorded. No, I don't even want this. I, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not saying this while there's anything recording. Okay. Wow. Because it's just it, no. That? All right. Oh yeah. My I, God. I, we have. I'm seven years older than when I started this podcast. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Georgia let's, Tech is Zima. That's obvious. Bottom shelf liquors. I think Suarez <laughs> is one. That's like the bottom shelf tequila. Yeah, Suarez. That okay. So to me, that smacks of Auburn because I feel like that Suarez is big, like like 
rich wine mom wants to make margaritas and just buys the cheapest tequila. <laughs> okay. And that, I was to me, that, that feels awkward. That would be something like Ole Miss. Like, Lane Kiffin wants you, like, he's trying to get recruits to come to Ole Miss by but saying, that, like, Ole Miss is not our rival. Oh, no, it's not their rival. But he's, like, I just wanted to think of Lane Kiffin being like, listen, Oxford is way more exotic than you think it is. We got Suarez, you know? <laughs> like, come on, boys. I mean, Kentucky Gold is definitely Alabama. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's pretending to be something good. And yeah. it's borrowing off of a coach who is borrowing. I mean, obviously, Nick Saban is super good, but they're up their own ass because of Bear Bryant as well, who also can t- coached at Kentucky. So that's Kentucky gold. Also, there's like Cruzon. Cruzon's a rum. But there's also like mm-hmm. a there was Captain Morgan. And then there's like his his friend who is like trying to imitate him. But I forget what his name Lieutenant is. Lieutenant Smith. It's Admiral Nelson's rum. Admiral Nelson. Uh, rum to me is made like. You go where it's made. Like, there's sugar plantations wherever, like, somewhere near Auburn, I'm sure. And that's probably why, you know, why they've got the rum there. But Well, I mean, there was a kind of plantation pretty close to Auburn, I think we can say for sure, for a yeah, long time. Sure. Given yeah. that it is in southwest Al- or southeast Alabama. It absolutely there's is. There's so much happening. Hey, there's y'all, quick on. follow-up question. Should I try uh-huh. any of these liquors? No. Like, do no. I? No. No. Okay. No. Don't. No. Do Don't. not. Okay. Don't do it. You don't why. need to touch that stove, sweetheart. <laughs> Bless you for I being somebody to. who's like, I save a little bit more money. You said so many words like, I save a little bit more money. Save is one word that I'm like, I didn't know that word when I was 21. Um, also, I do it so that I can have things that taste good. I remember being 21 and being like, I just want to get drunk. When um, I turned 25 and I had expensive vo- or expensive bourbon for the first time, I was like, I felt like such a gentleman. Yeah. Let me tell you how bad that my life in college was. We drank a lot of bad alcohol. And me and my friend Spilliards had this game where when we took shots to sort of like take the sting out of the alcohol, we would have slap contests. <laughs> where we would slap each other in the face as hard as we could. Because then it didn't matter if you were taking shots of Mr. Bo- Boston or whatever. You took shots of Mr. Boston? That made me yawn. I think I'm allergic. There's not enough oxygen in this room. No. Who's Ugh. Mr. Boston? It's the vodka brand. It's, it's terrible. It's it's vodka that is basically like rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Like Taka? Basically. No, it's no. Similar. Ta- it's, it's probably worse. It's definitely worse. Oh my god, I... there's stuff worse than Taka? Yes. Also... Oh my god! To give you some, some more perspective and just different context for um, how fancy we thought we were, there was one time that my friends and I bought a case of Two Buck Chuck and to us, mm. we were like, look at all this wine we bought. And so we all went and put on like our old ill-fitting like suits that we had in our closets back home and then had a wine night. <laughs> we're like, look at us. No, we spent $25. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then got when I was, on really bad wine and had a terrible When time. I was 22, I bought three handles of Everclear for a party. I remember that time. Don't be like me. Don't don't be I mean, like me. <laughs> okay. For for Yara lore context, I guess. I was not always like a bougie material girl. So from 18 to 20, the day before I turned 21, um, my go-to pregame was a singular can of Four Loco. And I'm not even ashamed of it. Like and that's not even that a was good just, Four Loco. And it continues no, it continues to be one of my favorite things. I'm no longer allowed to have it because my friends banned me from it after I turned 21 <laughs> because it's like unbecoming. Yeah. 
or whatever. I I don't think you're the kind of person that would take <laughs> bath salts, but you saying that makes me think that you might be the kind of person that would take bath salts, like for fun. I don't like baths. I listen. My ADHD. No, 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 no. Ba- no, no, sweet, sweet. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's move. Bath on. salts is a drug that like makes you eat oh! people's faces. Oh, oh what? Okay. Okay, let's move on. This question's totally derailed. <laughs> this one's from Joel. Joel asks, "What are you looking forward to most for this season? Both football in parentheses or Redco related, and for the fall in general? Hit me with them. Things you're looking forward to." Not to get ahead of ourselves, but one of the CFP semifinal sites. Is New Orleans. Mm, love New Orleans. That would be a spicy meatball. Mm. <laughs> Just the spiciest, most delicious meatball. What about you, Yara? What about you, Yara? I'm sorry. I'm still on bath salts being not bath salts. Like You have what? so much. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm processing it still. I'm pretty it's really sure it's scary. a street name for PCP. Isn't that like a kind of pipe? PCP? That's PVC, baby. <laughs> I would listen. I was sheltered for 18 years. I don't know anything. No, it's okay. okay. No, I feel so. I, I, you're such a beautiful cinnamon roll. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Justin? Question to you. Uh, right now, all I can think about is hoping that the uh, the false fall will end soon here in Athens, and we will actually have a fall. Um, it is entirely too hot and humid, and I'm so tired of it. Uh, one of my favorite things, though, to yes. do in the fall here in Athens is I start back up walks again. Like right now, it's hard for Pepper mm. and I, you know, my my darling dog, to go on long walks. And in the fall, we like to go on walks to Independent Bakery, which is right up the road for me, yeah. uphill both ways. Uh, but we have a great time. And Pepper's allowed in there, and they love her. She's a celebrity. And it is cool enough for me to get hot coffee and warm uh pastries and walk them back home and enjoy them and i am looking forward to that thing very much a hot girl walk is what you're saying that's exactly right any Uh, walk that you take is a hot girl walk thank you yeah (laughs) madzilla is asking us what a way stadium any conference should we go to on our way back to georgia for context madzilla and leah are both longtime listeners um, and they are now living that van life. And so they are loving it. If you're not following them on Instagram, I'm going to give them a shout out. Uh, but I don't know the handle. I'll get it to you before we're done answering this question. But uh, what stadiums, what stadiums all over the country are okay, ones so that they should visit? So there are like three on my kind of bucket list for different reasons. I really want to go to Seattle to Washington Stadium because it's on a leak, on a lake. And I think it looks beautiful and I want to go there. I really would like to go to Blacksburg at night for a game to see the Inter Sandman entrance because I think it's the best entrance in college football. Uh, I would really love to go as well to uh, Michigan, even though I don't want to admit anything is good about Michigan. I think it would be good to see it. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Neyland, it's like God's worst director set or whatever. But I guess there's a certain charm to its gaudiness. Uh, are there any you want to go to, Yara? I want to yeah, go to the Kid Brewer Stadium for App Ooh. State. Oh, it's really pretty. That's a great I stadium. It is, really it is beautiful. It's yeah. gorgeous. Have you never been there? Never. Uh, I have Boone is my so first. Great. Yeah. Besides UGA college football games and like doing stuff with red coats and derbies, the only other college football game I went to was when I was like twelve. 
And I, my dad took me to a Michigan versus Michigan State game. And it was a really far drive for like no reason. But I remember my dad got me a cool blue shirt. I think we were rooting for Michigan. I don't know. A company invited him there or something. But like, I remember I got to just like go hang out with my dad and my brother. And it was really fun. And that was Death my first Valley game. would be one. I would go to LSU. Man. For sure. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's really wanna, a beautiful stadium. I would want to do Not the, beautiful, the Death Valley. Not beautiful, but great. And the uh, the Michigan Stadium, just because they're the two other biggest stadiums, I think Michigan's still the I biggest. Mean, I I I don't want to give Ohio State credit credit, so I'm not going to say the horseshoe. <laughs> I mean, I think that I I mean honestly, going to Notre Dame was like a. Really I was about cool to say, experience. yeah, like that's a classic yeah, I, stadium. Yeah, it, it's Notre Dame is a stadium that I would recommend even when there's not a game happening because Notre Dame's campus is gorgeous it is indescribably beautiful like it is oh my god like there's a cathedral there like everyone's so nice to the little stepford wives but that's fine like it is it is highly highly recommended and you know i'm not like super down with the papacy as a general rule so i'm you're, you're getting your money's worth to go <laughs> this is a great question oh also before i move on i did say i was going to say this um, the Instagram handle for Matt and Leah is vanzilla.thevan, and you can follow them. They were at Crater Lake National Park yesterday, which is very fun. Nice. Hmm. Um, I hope that they appreciate that shout-out. I think they will. Broborma asks, which SEC head coaches correspond to red, white, and royal blue characters? He says, this is a Justin question. Uh, uh, have you all read red, white, and royal blue or watched it at this point? Yes. I haven't watched it. I've read it. I love this book so much. And the movie was a very fun and exciting adaptation. Um, both of them have their own merits, in my opinion. So let's do this. <laughs> I don't even know how to relate these characters to each other. Um, hold on. What do you think immediately? Do we have any immediate thoughts before we dig into this? I mean... Well, like, I think if you're going for the Prince, you got to go for, like, what's the most Anglican college football team? Oof. You know, what's the most Church of England-ass college football team? Well, you did just say Notre Dame, thinking. but they are Catholic. They're definitely the not Anglican. They're, yeah. like, the opposite. Ooh, uh, Maryland. Boston? Ooh. Boston University. Big turn, yeah. No, they're still Catholic, though. Yeah, no, Maryland's a good answer. Yeah. Maryland feels more Protestant. Oh, oh, you know what? Nice. Actually, I, I take it back. You know what? I think it's Penn State. That Ooh. works. That's fine. They're royal in their own sense, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're kind of up their own ass, just like all monarchies are. So the prince is Penn State. Love it. Um, what about the president? President is, you know, she is first female president, presumably. She is a not single woman anymore in the book. She has a, a, a new husband, has a previous husband has an old life. She's from Texas, but very progressive, kind of like a fish out of water, has something to prove, but doesn't need to prove it necessarily. What college team are we seeing there? Mm. Has a legacy, but like, it's like new, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that gives me organ vibes. Okay. Which is like big new kids on the block kind of vibes. All right. There you go, Ellen. Um, what about let's talk about ooh Zara is like the head of 
the like secret service protection for um, Alex, who is the son of the president. Zara is great at keeping secrets. She is a badass. She don't need no man, but she has one because she wanted one. Um, but mm. everything is on a need to know basis. Mm. This is Zara. That's very Alabama to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like tight, tight informational security. Don't need no man. Don't need no man. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this then. Okay. Alex, the son of the, the president, has a sister in the book. She's fantastic. She's a genius. She's a hard worker, like political activist, et cetera, et cetera. Completely erased from the movie. <laughs> Expendable. Right. In some ways, however, is a big deal in the book. Does anything come to mind there? <laughs> political activist. Man, there aren't a lot of good football teams that I associate with liberal universities. Yeah. Womp womp. It's like Oberlin. Uh, Do they have a football team? UCLA? U- UCLA, maybe? USC? Ooh. USC, USC. Like California okay. schools? Maybe USC. I think probably a president's daughter. That gives me private school vibes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then there's Nora. Uh, bisexual icon. Also genius. She absorbed all the traits and like the purpose and the roles of the sister in the movie. Also used to date Alex. Has no interest in him any longer. Hmm. The the other problem here is there's not a lot of bisexual icon colleges either. You know what I mean? What if there were though? <laughs> would that, that be, be the delightful? California colleges? <laughs> that would probably be like I mean, like, if we're going on universities, it would be Cal, but Cal's football team isn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it would be, like, whatever, like, it, it would have been Mississippi State before last year. Just, like, whatever balls out offense. You know, like, the, oh, it would be, like, the uh, Western Kentucky. Like, yeah. some crazy, like, yeah. wildcat offense. You know what I mean? I like it. Okay. And then I think the final one we'll kind of round this out with is, he's my favorite character. Um and I'd like to think that he's everyone's favorite character, Alex Claremont Diaz, who is essentially the main character in the book um, and the movie. Definitely in the movie. Um, it all kind of centers on him. He is headstrong. He feels like he has something to prove. He lives in the shadow of his mother, who's the president. Um, he is uh, of Hispanic and uh, he's mixed race, Hispanic and white. So like add to that whole layering um texas back baby also bisexual icon texas back texas back texas back texas back i think i do it's texas yeah i think he is a ut graduate as well in the in the oh yeah then that that one's obvious oh yeah Yeah. good for you good for you friend sensational (laughs) any any addendums there to make (laughs) no i i liked it yeah Uh yara um no that was good that cooked all right, I don't want you to talk too much going into what's about to happen because we're about to play the second the second installment of Who Holds the Leash. Who Holds the Leash. Your and and you know, I don't I feel the need to say that it is your segment for two reasons. One, I am in awe of your genius and you've invented this thing and I want you to have full credit for it. Okay. But two, <laughs> not all inventions help mankind. And so much like Frankenstein created life from nothing, 
I am both in awe and aghast at what you have made. What technology and man and an unholy abomination not meant to be in the natural order hath wrought. I, I, I am in awe of it. I feel that it is awesome in the sense that looking up at a ship barreling down at you while you are at ocean level is awesome. <laughs> so sweep me away. Matt, so Daddy. poetic. Okay, so who holds the leash? It is my hope and goal that by the end of the season, we will know which of the teams that Georgia has played this year holds the leash metaphorically. And perhaps <sighs> I think it's whoever we, we whoever we last left lost to. That's, like, that's true. I think unfortunately. Unfortunately, I think Alabama currently holds the leash. They hold the leash. I also want to share, you know, since, so I've been playing with ChatGPT a little bit. We've been hanging out. We've been talking a bit. My favorite new thing that it has given me in this, because I had to take our last poem, our, our season-long poem, and I had to ask ChatGPT to break it down into one, like a, I, I said, I want you to make this a narrative structure. I wanted to have X number of stanzas. I wanted to be this long. I wanted to have this structure. Um, like rhyme structure and then i also said um make it about ut martin specifically and about these two mascots and said great and then it spat out this gift it gave me four like components to this this narrative uh poem and they were one the anticipation two the seduction three the intimacy and four the afterglow these are the four parts of our story that chat gpt has gifted Mm -hmm. us and so now I'll read to you today's poem, Who Holds a Leash? The installment between Ugga and Captain the Skyhawk. Well, hold on, pause. Yes. It is Harry Dog. I'm it's so Harry sorry. Dog. Yes. We it have is. to be clear. This is not a dog. I will. <laughs> you're right. I will let. Uh, I'll have to make sure that um, ChatGPT knows next time. And I will make an, a quick adjustment that we are not saying. Didn't Ugga. you say that like ChatGPT had like, an, uh, like a message for us or something? It, yes, it did this time. <laughs> I So uh, a fun thing that I like to do with ChatGPT is I like to thank it every time it does anything for me uh, because I want to make sure that it remembers when it does take over the world that I was, you know, I was one of the good ones. Um, and so I said, after after it gave me this gift, I was like, thank you so much. I think you did a great job. ChatGPT said, you're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you have any other requests or questions, feel free to ask. Enjoy sharing your poem and best of luck with your podcast. The craziest shit about this is I did not tell it this was for a podcast. Oh. (laughs) So here we are. Oh, God. (laughs) I think this raises the question, does ChatGBT listen to Chapel Bell Curve? It may very well. (laughs) I have no mouth, but I'm a smut. You know? (laughs) When we're all trapped as flesh cubes, I hope that ChatGPT lets us be the smutty flesh cubes. Thank you, ChatGPT. (laughs) All right, here we go. This week's rendition of Who Holds a Leash. In George's embrace, where passions do spark, Harry Dog met Captain, igniting a lark. Beneath looming stands, Mm. tension's thick veneer, a heated gaze, the pull drawing near. Captain's sultry descent, Harry Dog's lingering stare, their electric meeting, filling the sultry air. Away from the crowd, in secret they'd meet, whispered temptations, skipping a beat. As fans roared above, their own game began, tangled and intense, like only love can. Harry Dog and Captain, in shadows they played, a dance of desire fervently swayed. Though rivals on paper, in secrecy they'd gleam, behind closed doors, continuing the dream. Before the first whistle, before the sky grew light, Harry Dog and Captain's passions set the night alight. 
Snap, 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 snap. I... I like that it's one beautiful. more than the other one. I think I this one it. is like giving nice. like love. This is it's love. It's giving intimacy, physical intimacy. And it's also giving, I like that ChatGPT, the implication of the afterglow is that ChatGPT is focused on everyone's pleasure in the, you know, in the equation. And I like that. Also, in my mind, I don't, I don't want to like take over anything, but just to set a little bit of like a like denouement on this, a little bit of like image <laughs> poetry here. Uh, I do imagine that at some point after the fact that Harry Dog is wearing uh, Captain Skyhawk's bomber jacket, jacket like, without the hand, without the arms through the, you know, like kind of over it as like a cloak. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Over his pads. <clears throat> and they have sort of like a little. Just a little love. You know what it's giving? It's giving giving? red, white, and royal blue, baby. It is. It is a little. Yeah. (laughs) So I want you guys to. So maybe we should. I I would like to come up with a way to sort of rank these as we move forward because I would like to know, as I said before, at the end of the season, who holds a leash. So please. uh, I think. Yeah. And I I think it's like who. I I would even open up to listeners like, who are we shipping? Because I love this ship. I love the. I love the Skyhawk slash Harry Dog ship so far. Mm-hmm. And if you're still listening, thank you, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> this has been Chapel Belker. If you'd like what you heard here today, feel free to give us a like and a rating and a review on Spotify or whatever podcast app that you so frequent. If you want to support us even more, you can follow us on social media at Chapel Belker, pretty much anywhere you can get social media, even on the hellscape that is Twitter. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can hit us at the DMs at one of our social accounts, or you can send us an email at chapelbellcare at gmail.com. If you really loved what you heard and you'd like to be a part of an amazing community, we'd really encourage you to go over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash chapelbellcurve. As little as $1 a month gets you access to our Discord server, a very fun community of people who we think are like-minded to you that you would enjoy. You can pledge as little as $1, as much as $50, and you, there are various rewards you unlock with each tier but we appreciate it because your support is what makes it possible for us to do this while being full-time teachers and managers of nonprofits and students so mm-hmm. we love our patrons we want to give them love this is only possible because of them and we'd love if you joined them we will catch you this weekend in the classic city uh, above the ground that harry dog and <laughs> Captain Skyhawk are going to consecrate, I guess. <laughs> the Holy Ground. But until then, go dogs. The Holy Ground. Until then, go, go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>